0: Welcome into another episode of One of These Years, our Detroit Lions podcast. I'm Chris Burke, joined by Nick Baumgartner. We're uh, a couple weeks into training camp here. We'll get rolling on our topics here momentarily. <laughs> Want to, uh, I guess, apologize to everyone for promising we was were summer
1: guys, promising
0: we were back last time, and then taking whatever it was three and a <laughs> like half weeks a month off. off. Uh, yeah. That's our bad. Um, as, yeah, we, yeah, we probably should have stuck one more in there. As but promised, uh, at that time, uh, we will be adding our show onto the Athletic app here in the pretty near future. So you can get it there. But we'll also be... Uh, this is probably going to be our regular slot from yeah. now yeah, on yeah. Tuesday, for the rest of the right. season on Tuesdays. So mm-hmm. um, give us a little bit of time to uh, look back on games and and then look ahead to the coming week. And So yeah, you'll be able to find us every Tuesday... <laughs> Uh, from now until whenever this thing ends, guess, this January, thing ends. whatever January, <laughs> whatever it is, unless we got a surprise playoff run in us, but uh, right, yeah, yeah. Got any uh anything to add to the apology? There?
1: <laughs> no, uh, yeah, I guess uh, fair enough. We probably should have done just like one more there because people were like, people did that all in the summer, and I'm like, well, we're good. we're not gonna do like one every week in the summer. Like, I mean, there's a couple quiet spots, but uh, we will be every week now <laughs> going forward. We can say that like for sure. So
0: I shouldn't have titled the last it. one.
1: And yeah, I shouldn't have said
0: we're back on the last one. That <laughs> I mean, was we're a... now
1: we are officially back. That's my fault. As a season <laughs> <laughs> as the season is more or less started. So um but good to be back. Wasn't it good to good to see fans? we haven't done one of these as we know here since camp started. So fans have been out there. We've seen fans in Fort Field, Chris. We've like seen people walking around. Sometimes it's weird, but whatever. It's kind of cool to see people back out there. So it's been uh it's been fun. It's been fun to back to be back out in a normal practice city uh situation, I should should say.
0: Yeah, it's been cool. It was a little disappointing. You know, it looked like there was gonna be a pretty good crowd out there. They had an afternoon practice scheduled Monday this week and then a huge mm-hmm. storm blew through, so it lost uh that crowd and then Tuesday wasn't wasn't that big. These eight thirty practices are great for us and probably the players. I think it's probably a tough haul for a lot of fans yeah. to get out there that early in the morning. But the Ford Field right. Um Ford Field crowd was nice. I mean, I, someone on Lions PR told us they thought there were around 5,000 there. I thought there were more than that. I, I would have guessed yeah, closer Yeah, I thought to between 10. 5 and 10 um, or something like that. So, yeah, a, a nice turnout. Not, you know, 40,000 like the Browns are pulling, but 10,000 on a oh, right. random Saturday yeah. is pretty nice. And I assume uh, crowds will be – I don't know. I'm kind of curious to see what the crowds will be in the preseason, actually. Um, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> but, yeah, it would be fun to Friday be back night, in that building yeah. with, with yeah. fans – because last year as we've talked about was just <laughs> I'd rather forget those games so
1: <laughs> yeah i think about like when i left for the last whatever the last one was and i've now forgotten who they even played in the last game of 2020 they but matter. like i remember yeah i remember walk i remember walking out and i was like leaving and before i left i like turned around and like looked at the cutouts and <laughs> like just the empty building one more time took a picture and everything and i'm like and i said to myself and i'm like if i have to come back here in September and this thing is completely empty again, and these cardboard cutouts are sitting here. Like, I might just keep on a walk, and I don't know because, like, that was weird, too weird. It didn't get any less weird, and uh, it's good to see people again. I don't, as someone who uh gets yelled at for not liking people enough, uh, <laughs> it's good to see people again. I will say that for sure,
0: yeah. And we I mean, I, I've heard now from people who were around multiple visiting teams last year that talked about. Mm-hmm. Just how weird the atmosphere was at Ford Field. And that's even in comparison to other stadiums that didn't have fans in it. <laughs> I don't know. Interesting. It was just because of the, you know, it's the there's not a lot of natural light that gets into that field. Yeah. There's like, the, they had the weird, like, it's just buzzy, uh, yeah. buzzy crowd noise. Remember, they could play it at like a certain decibel, but it was just, like, yeah. you couldn't really hear it that well. And it also had like. <laughs> It was like just the people laughing like, in, like randomly yeah. in it. There were just like weird little glitches in the. I don't know. I'm just glad it's I, over. I, I'm I glad feel we're like done. I could
1: have. Yes, yes. No, I don't even want to talk about what, what it felt like. Anything else? It's over. Fans were out there. Dan Campbell cut a wrestling promo, as we've all seen. Uh, and people are fired up. So we thought today, Chris, we would just sort of go through yes. uh, as the people have uh, been begging us to get back going here. And we needed to anyway. So to go back through the whole roster uh, and just sort of talk through where they're at here uh, with preseason game number one coming up um, and kind of maybe where we see this thing going. So um, you want to start at the top? You want to start with quarterback? You're yeah, I mean, I or? think
0: that's probably the best. That's usually the best place to start. So, okay. um, I, yeah, I mean, I, Jared Goff is I, – <laughs> I don't really know how to put it into words. I mean, I, I feel yeah. like there's been progress. I feel like you can see him getting – More comfortable. This offense is Mm kind of interesting, which I think you know. I heard from um, some of the people who are out at Ford Field. That was one of the things that people responded back to me. Is just like the pre-snap motion they saw, and some of those Mm -hmm. things that they're doing with the receivers is and the running backs is interesting. So I think there's an opportunity here for him to have some success. I wouldn't say it's been great. It's certainly different than Matthew Stafford. Yeah. Uh, And so I don't know. It's I don't think we're gonna know until week one, what this can be. Yeah,
1: I mean, a lot of – he. I mean, someone um last week, I think it was, asked me – like, it was another reporter somewhere else. I was like, "How's he look? And I was like, he looks like Jared Goff. <laughs> I was like, he looks like Jared Goff <laughs> right, yeah. of the last two years, more or less somewhere in between. Probably maybe not as bad as it looked. You know, it stretches last year when he was a real mess, of course. But, like, he's looked like the guy that's been hesitant and the guy that – um has struggled with the things he struggled with, right? So like moving, throwing on the run, uh, having to do anything outside of kind of a static pocket and having to really kind of come off those reads and take chances. And, you know, that's been the thing, or that was the thing really that frustrated, you know, the Rams enough to, you know, have McVay run him out of there. And that was <laughs> why they changed it, right? right? It yeah. Because Golf just doesn't want to do that. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you look at the way they're trying to structure this offense and you say, okay, well, there's a lot they can do uh, to hide a lot of that stuff for him. And we've seen all those things. But at the end of the day, he still has to be able to make some of those throws. Like, some of them have to be in there. And and those are the things I think that we just haven't seen yet. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens in a game against somebody else. Because, you know, that scrimmage, I think, was a nice day for him. Um, he looked comfortable and everything else. And, and that was good. But, I mean, the Lions also you know, he didn't go against the ones, uh, you know, I mean, they kept everything pretty vanilla there. It wasn't anything crazy. So um, be inter- interesting to see if he gets a full quarter, you know, kind of where that confidence is, because I think Chris right? Like, that's the whole question still is what's he at, you know, confidence wise, what number is he at or what around the scale? And that'll be the telltale of whether or not you're going to get the guy who is willing to let it rip or the guy who is just going to, check down in, you into just like frustration city where you're just like I can't watch one more snap of this because like he's you know making me anxious watching this stuff
0: well I think a key for me too is just sort of what the in-between is going to be because we talk about the right. downfield game we talk about the check down game but I think a lot of the success for this offense is going to be in that intermediate window if it mm-hmm. happens you know it's going to be Tyrell yeah. Williams on crossing routes it's going to be the backs running those angle routes out of the backfield. It's gonna be Hawkinson. And so a lot of that needs to be in like the eight to fifteen yard window. And we saw him hit a couple of those in the scrimmage. You got Darren Fells once on a nice throw. He got uh yeah. mm-hmm. someone on the sideline. He got Hawkinson down, Hawkinson. The middle too. Yeah, yeah. Hawkinson down. yeah, Hawkinson on the middle. He got maybe Saint Brown or someone on St. the sideline. Yeah, that's what it was. Um, Both, yeah. And those are like if you get 15 yard chunks with this offense, you will take that this year because I don't think you're going to get the 50 and 60 yard chunks really all that much. So those are pretty important ones. Uh, You know the you talk about the struggles. I don't even know if you want to call it that, but just sort of the disappointment, I guess, for me in camp has been like when they get into the seven on seven stuff and the eleven on eleven stuff. I think you can tell. The easiest way for me to tell that a quarterback's either not seeing it that well or that guys aren't getting open is when you're in those 11 11 7 seven-on-sevens, and the mm-hmm. quarterback is scrambling. <laughs> the right. quarterback yeah. is waiting and always waiting. throwing to his running back, and we've seen some stretches of that where the ball's not even coming out because he can't find a single guy that he wants to throw the ball to. Uh, a lot of the checkdowns, you know, Swift Swift when he's been in there, which hasn't been a lot lately, but Williams and uh, Jefferson, Cabinda. Um, And so I think that that's really the key for me is, you know, he doesn't have to be a guy that's good. He's not Matthew Stafford. You don't have to judge this on whether he can find guys downfield for 50 yard passes all the time. I think a lot of this is going to be, are you getting three yards when he throws or are you getting 12 yards when he throws? And that's really the difference in the success rate for me.
1: Yeah. I think you're really resetting. I totally agree. I think you're really resetting what you expect you know, a chance to be. Like, a chance for Stafford and a chance for Goff should be two different expectations on what you would think. And these receivers,
0: too. I mean, the receivers are totally different. And
1: and who's around him and all these other things. So, like, to your point, you know, those taking those chances – not even chances, but taking those – you know, sometimes a vertical route of this offense might be that 15-yard, you know, drag or, like, you know, skinny post, whatever it is, but, like, taking that when it's there. Like, if Hawkinson has a linebacker and he's right on his hip or something and he's going to be able to make that – you know, to finish, go up, get the ball and separate at the end, like take a chance and let him go do it. Some of that might be confidence and some of that still might be, you know, this was week one and a half of him, right. you know, repping right. with these guys in contact. I mean, like we talked about, we we kind of laughed like the first play action rep they took uh, in camp live. He went back and they took a shot like to Williams who was open and Goff just ducked it. Right. It was like, <laughs> well, that's off to a great start. And like, they had a rough couple of days when it started and it was like, this is, uh, and he looks kind of like we've seen him look. But like to your point, as this as last week sort of ended and has turned into this week, uh, there have been you know some smoother stretches. I, I guess it's probably fair to say it hasn't been like wowing, but it's a little better than it was. And I guess if you just stack that uh, with the context that he's still a pretty young guy, maybe you know maybe we're talking about something different in three months. I don't know, but right now it is what it is.
0: Yeah, and I think that that's going to be the frustrating thing for people early on because I think there's going to be yeah. just sort of naturally because of what this setup is, people are and and because of the position, there's going to be this rush to Make judge good- whether yeah. or not he can be here for more than like four starts <laughs> or a year, you know, like oh, is he going to is this the guy for 3 years and I you know, I think uh there's yeah. going to be just some panic even in this preseason game, because I
1: have uh, yes. a feeling
0: we talked about it today, like out there, like if he comes out of that preseason game, like six for eight uh, for 30 yards. Well, I wouldn't be that surprised. Like it feels like that's kind of the, yeah. the game. And and also, you know, as we talked about and and kind of was some of this, like the general media discussion on Saturday. It almost feels, to some extent, like they're trying to do that a little bit, and just like get yeah. his feet under him, get some completions, uh, and just see get if you can sort of yeah. snowball it from there.
1: Yeah, get get a rhythm of some sort. That's what that little scrimmage felt like to me. Like, you know, they weren't doing a ton, but you know, they were asking him to just kind of like, hey, if St. Brown gets a step on a guy in man coverage, kind of over the middle, just take it. You know, like it's eleven on eleven, the coaches were off the field. Um, it was a game-like situation, and I thought they sort of put it in his hands and let him kind of command the offense a little bit, right, and just sort of run the show. And I thought he did a nice job of that. That that felt more like the better version of golf, I should say. And we, you know, I kind of keep looking at it in two ways. It's like, and I think everybody does. It's the last two years and then the first two years. So the last two years that he's played, and then those first two that he had with, the, well, I guess with McVay, I should say, but the first two that he had with McVay, the including the Super Bowl year where he just looked like he was playing without thinking. And now these last couple, it's looked more like a guy who's patting the ball way too much. And Saturday, I thought, they got him out in front of some people in the building. It was his team. Everybody knew it was his team. That was pretty clear. They gave him some stuff that looked pretty good, you know, things he had a command on, and it looked pretty smooth. And I thought, hey, that's probably a pretty good thing for his confidence right now. Hawkinson looked great, all that stuff. He probably felt better about the whole week when it ended. And so, you do have to give this whole thing kind of like a long ish, longer than you probably want to look because you can't judge him based on one preseason or one half of a season or whatever. It really has to be like a full year. Yeah. And then we'll see where it's at. But like, you really kind of do have to give him some time because it's all brand new on his end as well.
0: And I think, as we've talked about a bunch and as they've talked about, like this, if the run game is what they think it can be. And they Mm -hmm. need to get DeAndre Swift healthy. He hasn't really done anything for, it's been at least a week now. (laughs) Um, Pretty much, yeah. uh, But if they can get the run game to where they think it can be, there's an opportunity here for them to be okay on offense. I mean, I think that they're, Mm -hmm. they're not, they don't have, you know, Marvin Jones and Kenny Galladay, but I think, you know, Tyrell Williams is a competent NFL receiver. I think Hawkinson's a matchup nightmare for a lot of teams. And then, you know, we've seen what, in camp what Khalif Raymond, um, Amin Ross St. Mm-hmm. Brown can do. Like they've got some interesting pieces. It's a different look than certainly what they've been in the past, but yeah. they've got some interesting pieces. If Anthony Lynn can dial up, you know, some creative play calling here and there and really get that balance they want, uh, there's an opportunity for them to be tough to defend, but yeah, golf has to play well. And he's going to, ha- I mean, y- you can't, You can't just throw the ball three yards every time you throw it. Like, you're going to eventually have to push it down the field at some point. He said he wants to. Lynn has said they're going to. I mean, so I guess we'll see. You know, we'll see what this looks like once they get into it. Uh, Is. (laughs) I don't feel like Tim Boyle's coming to push him for the Uh, job. No. That was sort of. There was that idea out there that maybe that could happen. Maybe it's still kind of in the preseason, but we haven't really seen that yet either.
1: Tim Boyle has been fun to watch. I'll, I'll say that, if nothing else. He has that, you know, huge arm that we've that we've seen, those preseason highlight tapes, right, from Green Bay that they all put together. So he's got the big arm and he can make the big throw, but, like, a lot of the intermediate stuff that we've talked about, you know, you say, well, Goff is checking down way too much, but at least he's hitting those. Like, Boyle is struggling with a lot of the intermediate stuff and – I think probably just the offense. That's probably a lot of what we're seeing. He's probably maybe taking a little bit longer to pick up a lot of this. Um, he's yeah. also playing with the backups and everything else too. But He's hitting um, the deep balls.
0: <laughs> he's the he one going over the, the top.
1: but he's missing everything underneath. And it's like, not everything, but more, way more. And it's been, you know, he gets himself into, uh, during an 11-on-11, he gets into like way more sticky spots, I would say, like adventures than Goff would. Yeah. Um, but he's still a developmental guy, yeah. right? I mean, like, he's a guy that you still, you know, you're willing to see kind of what happens there.
0: Well, on the sticky spot thing, I, uh, meant, I tweeted this out as part of my, my five observations off Tuesday. The second offensive line stinks right now. <laughs> and so that's part of it. When they're in 11-on-11 11 11 and they're going, like, 90 you know, 80% live pass rush, that pocket is just collapsing on almost every rep. And so it's even hard to get a feel for what he can do in those spots. I have a sort of ominous feeling that <laughs> the game's not going to be great when they try to throw uh, on Friday night. And yeah, maybe they surprise me. Maybe Buffalo's pass rush isn't all that good. But, you know, that offensive line's really struggling right now behind the starters. And we can get into that position in a minute. But I think that that's holding back. Tim Boyle a little bit, probably David Blau some, although Blau, um, Blau at this point seems like he's settled into that number three job, and they, the way they're using him is almost like – I mean, Anthony Lynn's almost using him like a coach on the field type thing. Like he's standing behind drills and then going over and talking to Lynn about stuff, and so uh, it, maybe that's, that's just been his
1: interesting. job. That has been interesting, sort of the all-hands-on-deck that they've kind of – that Lynn – I think that's a Lynn thing as much as anything else, that he has really – And I wrote that a little bit today and I think you did too, but we noted it with do Staley and and his involvement, but like he's um, they're letting golf talk, you know, he's been involved in a lot of stuff. And like, it doesn't seem like Anthony Lynn is like, if you've got something to say or you've got an idea and I can trust you, like I'm going to let you talk and speak up and, so, if they're going to use him in that sense, I mean, Blau's a smart guy. I mean, he's been around a little bit, so, you know, why not? But also, like, he's going to have to be on the roster, we would think, right? Uh, you know, due to COVID and everything else. So, he's going to be here, uh, it would seem, unless something crazy changes. I don't – I mean, are you in the same boat as I am right now? You think that three quarterbacks is still probably the what we'll see, you know, when they cut it down to 53?
0: Yeah, I think so. I just think, if, you know, like you said, there's still some uncertainty, and I think you – I don't know. They haven't really shown – any interest outside the organization? Like if they had a rookie or no. something in here that they could stash on the practice squad, I'd say maybe go that route, but they don't have that yeah. at the moment either. So, uh, yeah, yeah, I think you're probably got your three QBs here and we'll kind of see, um, running back. I mentioned Swift's, there was some pretty promising signs with their usage of Swift early on and how they were even pairing him with Jamal Williams and all these sorts of things. And now he's just basically been reduced to walkthroughs for the last week. Yeah. Dan Campbell said they're trying to just take it easy with him. He's got a little groin thing, but you know, and it's only August 10th. We got some time, but every day that ticks away, you know, you're losing uh, some yeah. time to get him back out there and losing some time to get him out there with golf and the number one offense. So uh, we'll kind of see there. Jamar Jefferson looked, had been looking great, and then he dinged an ankle on Saturday uh, or on um, Monday in practice. So um, kind of getting a little thin there, but w- what's your feel for that position at this point?
1: I mean, Swift, it, the same thing happened last year, wasn't it? Was it a groin or a hamstring? I mean, he missed. It, the different situation, of course, was that training camp was just that, like, short period, and they had to just deal with it, and he went into the season sort of like – is he healthy or is he not? So, like in this case, I don't think it's that big of a deal yet. Like, I don't think they don't seem too worried about it. And he's still sort of out there uh, in walkthrough situations or when they're in install. Like, he's still certainly, you know, like we've seen Brockers out there uh, with <laughs> veteran days, you know, I guess, whatever, like with the hat know, on and everything. That. And that's know, weird like, too. Right. But like, that's a separate conversation for later. But like, I'm not panicked, I guess, is my, my answer there on Swift yet. Like, I don't. It would be nice to get him to get him out there to see what he's doing, you know, in 11-on-11 11 11 because, you know, I think, as we've also noted a couple of times, this staff is more willing or will be more willing to use two backs, um, will be more willing to use Swift and Williams together at the same time and, you know, move some people around and do some stuff. So, like, it would be good to see some of that, I think, uh, live at some point uh, if you're the Lions because – you know, that's the full compliment. You know, that's what we talk about, you know, all this stuff supporting Goff. That's a huge, huge piece there is, is, you know, Swift being able to stay on the field and also Williams having a role that supports and sort of furthers that whole cause. So I'm still good with that. I think if they're not too worried about Jefferson, I think that's a pretty good trio. Um, Jefferson clearly is a guy that Anthony Lynn liked in the draft process because he... Uh, makes his money on the outside zone and is a bounce guy. And, you know, if they can find a little role for him, he seems to be ahead of where we would think maybe a seventh round pick would be at this point. I don't know. I mean, he's made some, some really nice plays. And then we've talked about Kumbida. I mean, are, are you in the same boat as I am on Jefferson that, like, I don't know where it would come from. But, like, he's definitely interesting. And interesting enough to where, you know, I feel like I want to see more of
0: it. Yeah, I think he's been great so far. And I think he's... Yeah. Shoney can be uh, effective in as a pass catcher. I think he's been better than even like he said he is <laughs> as a pass protector so far. I think we've seen oh, some yeah, improvement so. there. Um, so, yeah, I mean, he's one of those guys that, like you said, I don't know how you get him on the field or who's take, who he's taking reps from, but I think you need right. to get him some looks. Uh, I mean, they've been getting like Dedrick Mills a ton of run now. I guess he's your number four, but I, Jason Cabinda has been great too. I mean, he <laughs> yeah. looks really good in that fullback role. Dan Campbell talked about him getting some carries and playing some receiver and all this sort of stuff, and we've seen some of that. They're throwing the ball to him a lot more than you would throw the ball to the fullback normally. <laughs> so uh, I think that's promising, especially knowing you know how much they're going to want to run the football. Um, right. You know, I I think that's a really good. That's definitely got a, the potential to be one of the best positional groups on the team if you can get Swift out there for 17 games.
1: And Cabinda, like, I went from not really knowing if they were going to continue what I think we all agreed was a smart move by Matt Patricia last year to move him uh, to the There's offensive one. side. At least... <laughs> at least right, it was probably the best one he made, but at least worth the look, right? Because he's kind of a unique athlete and the linebacker situation sure. was what it was. But, like, you know, I, I've gone from wondering if they were going to continue that to, like, it seems like we're kind of, like, in agreement, I think, there that he's definitely going to be here. It seems like it anyway, uh, so far. And you know, he's a guy that's not only someone who I think can give you something from, you know, the H-back, the fullback, H-back slash Campbell talked today about, don't be shocked if we give him the ball. Uh, Now and again, out of the backfield as like a big heavy back in like short situations or whatever. But also like, if you've ever talked to Jason Kabinda or been around him for like 30 seconds, like he's a pretty good dude. Like he's a pretty unique guy and probably a good guy to have around younger players. And I think that, that's not nothing either. So that this staff, we've seen that across the board. I think that if you're a stand-up guy who works and sets an example, like they're going to find something for you to do. And, you know, Kevin is going to play on every team that they have all the special team stuff. And, you know, I, it, they'll have something for him on offense one way or the other, or he'll at least be in, in the lead guy in that, you know, kind of big back slash whatever you want to call it. So, yeah, I mean, that's a pretty good spot. I mean, like that's a pretty good, uh, That's a they're in a better situation than they were a year ago at running back. How about that? Like that's (laughs) that's what it seems like anyway. And if you're looking for wins wherever you can take them, to me right now, that certainly seems like a win. They certainly seem better off there.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Wide receiver, on the other hand, uh, yeah. I mean, I (laughs) as I said, I mentioned, I think, like I think I'm. (laughs) personally higher on Tyrell Williams than a lot of people are. I think he's a really good, really Uh solid NFL wide receiver when he's healthy. I think he's a guy who can move around a lot. Lynn's got a good feel for him, so they can call plays for him. Uh, Khalif Raymond's been maybe the best player in training camp, uh, for better or worse, depending on if you're talking him up or talking down the cornerbacks, but he's been really good. Amin Raz St. Brown looks like a vet. Uh, you know, he's been yeah. as advertised with the work ethic and the routes and all those sorts of things. Beyond that is where you run it. Again, depth is going to yes. be an issue pretty much across the board this year, other than, you know, we talked about running back. I think they're okay there, but depth is going to be an issue a lot of spots. This is another spot. Brashad Perriman's been banged up, mm-hmm. and he and Goff Hasn't really, done anything. Yeah. really didn't look that comfortable together. Damian Ratley was playing well. Now he's banged up. Um, mm-hmm. Cephas banged up I mean they're kind of yeah. you know that's another guy who I think needed to have a big camp and was playing pretty well and so I don't know like we we just did our roster projection and we I think we put six wide receivers on there I wouldn't be surprised if they end up with five but I don't know who that fits it's is gonna be like
1: The whole thing is getting complicated in, like, the worst way possible. It's not getting complicated because you're like, oh, they've all played great, and, like, we'll see who can – they're going to have to make a tough decision here. It's like, do you need to see stuff from Cephas and Ratley, and they're hurt? (laughs) You know what I mean? And you're just like, we don't know what they can or can't do in this offense yet. And we don't know really at all what Tyrell Williams is going to look like. I mean, he's almost done nothing in terms of full contact stuff, so – and you mentioned Paraman and he's been dinged up too. So, like, it went from – I mean, you know, just to be honest, I mean, it went from, like, a, a problem spot that everybody knew was a problem spot and thinned out to, like, somehow possibly more complicated than it was before because there just haven't been enough. Like, a lot of golf reps in the scrimmage on Saturday were with, like, Tom Kennedy and stuff, right? Like, I mean – and we've seen that in, in stretches during camp too. So, like, yeah, big concern because – it's hard to pick five, to be honest, and it's not hard to pick five because five, like seven guys, have been playing great. It's hard to pick five because it's like well, who the hell is gonna, who the hell is gonna be on the team? I <laughs> yeah. don't, you know, it's, like that's what you're left looking at, and a lot of times, like you mentioned it early on, like with golf when we're talking about him, like are some of those problems in seven on seven or eleven on eleven walkthrough – through? Uh, on golf, or are they because no one's open? Because, like, there are also times where you look out there and you're like, no one is open. Like, if Raymond's <laughs> right. not on the field yeah, right. or St. Brown's not on the field, that's it. no one is open. Yeah. Like, if they're trying to do anything underneath and one of those two guys aren't out there, I guess you could not including Hawkinson, but, like, if they're spread out and it's not one of those two guys or the defense sees one of those two guys out there and, you know, kind of walls it off, like, no one's open. Like, that's pretty much what we see – in short area situations kind of across the board, which is also kind of a big concern here.
0: And even Hawkinson, I mean, I think they're going to feed him a ton. I think he's going to sure. make a ton of catches. But he's different but, though, yeah. You're going to have defenses committing a lot of bodies to TJ Hawkinson this year because they're just going to say, we'll yep. live one-on-one against Tyrell Williams and Brashad Perriman. If you want to take a shot All day. with golf, All day. go nuts. So we're going to feed yep. our safety towards Hawkinson. We'll zone the linebackers. Like yep. It's going to be a lot of things where they're just trying to take TJ Hawkinson away and forcing Jared Goff elsewhere. Uh, so that they're going to have to adjust to that too. Um, I, two quick questions for you at wide receiver. Um, the first being, is there anyone that's, do you have a sleeper in this group? Like, is there, is it Kennedy? I mean, is there someone on this roster Mm. that you think could sneak in there as the fifth or sixth guy?
1: Ratley was the guy, um, and I still think it could be him um, because it's still early in camp and everything else. And, you know, I'm not sure what exactly he had, but they liked him in uh, OTAs and off season stuff. And they added him. I mean, like he was the guy that I had circled as he's the one that, you know, if somebody's going to come in here and, you know, knock anything over, it would be him. Um, but we just haven't seen that. I mean, so, and then, as time has gone on, you're just kind of like, so for me, it's always like, I just default back with Cephas. Like, I don't think Cephas has struggled so badly that you have to move on from him and someone else has been better, but it's like, but we also haven't seen enough. So it's like Tom Kennedy's Tom Kennedy. He makes a thousand catches every training camp. But like, (laughs) is he going to be, is he going to be on the team? Like, I mean, I feel like that probably wouldn't be the best case scenario. And I think even Tom Kennedy might admit that, (laughs) might admit that to you. Like, I don't know, man. Like, it's really hard. I was asking you the same thing. Like, is there anyone there that you're kind of like, hey, he's consistently done something positive almost every time, other than Saint Brown? I mean, Serrat's Ken- been better, I guess. surratt has right? like, been
0: but- better. I think Surratt is is kind of a sneaky guy to watch. Kennedy, I I don't know. I mean, it, we've talked a little bit in our posts about just how shaky the. Slot corner situation is they just brought in yeah. and tell Roby Coleman, yeah. like I, and that's again, like is Tom Kennedy right. getting open because he's just a great Won't receiver now, yeah. <laughs> or are these guys that's just right. cannot cover anyone? And we know in general, like those one on ones, you know, a safety against a slot, you're probably gonna yeah, get the gonna slot guy well. open yeah. most right. of the time. Yeah. So, um, they the one that I circled when they signed him and have brought up a few times now, I keep coming back to Chad Hansen's been really good lately, mm, yeah, and I. Liked him because he's got some experience. He he, kind of fits the mold that they've signed. You know, bigger, good speed. Yeah. He also has the background with Goff playing together in college. He hasn't really had reps with Goff. He's but he's been really good with Boyle right. mostly Boyle and wow uh, a, a little bit and he's really yeah. given us something downfield making some tough plays in traffic. So that's the one. Like he feels to me like a guy who's kind of primed to go off in the preseason, and then you make you make a decision on him. So uh, that's I guess that's where I'd go. Um, And then I said I had a second. Oh, my second question because people keep asking me, who do you think leads this team in targets this year, other than Uh, Hawkinson? I mean, I think it's probably Hawkinson, but
1: who 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 uh, is number two? Uh, The sun god, um, Monroe St. Brown. (laughs) Yeah, right. I mean, like, he would be my number two if I was saying it today. I mean, he has been the best receiver in camp. Yeah. For my money. Like, he's been the best receiver. And Raymond's been good, too. Like, Raymond's gotten open pretty much across the board. But, like, St. Brown's been the best receiver in camp. And you can take that any way you want (laughs) to take that. Because you could say, like, that means he's an awesome rookie. Or that means everyone else needs to pick it up. I think it's probably a little bit of both. Because, like, he's a special... He's a special guy. I mean, I feel like they probably are feeling pretty good about, I think we got one here, you know what I mean? Like with that draft pick, but like it also sort of speaks to the rest of the group that he walks in the door off the street and is just like immediately the best guy on the team with other guys who've been in other places before and all this. So not for nothing, it's not overlooked, but I don't know how to take it one way or the other, but it's, it's a good thing for the Lions because he's definitely panned out.
0: I think that's part of why, I mean, I know the Paramin injuries forced their hand a little bit, but I think that's part of why Raymond's been playing some outside. I mean, like he's not yeah. a classic outside guy, 5'8", but he's got some speed to get vertical. He runs good routes. And I think they were trying to figure out ways to get Raymond and St. Brown on the field together right. because yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. they're both effective, at least right now. Um, they're getting open. Yeah. And tight end. I think we know what Hawkinson means to this offense. I think to some extent we know what Darren Fells is going to mean to this oh, yeah. offense because he's an inline blocker. Maybe he gives mm-hmm. you some stuff in the red zone. Like I said, he had the 15 or 20-yarder in the scrimmage.
1: He's Dan Campbell. <laughs> he's Dan Campbell. <laughs> yeah. uh,
0: number three tight end, I have no – I mean, I go a different way every mm, single day out there so hard, because yeah. I keep waiting for someone to just take it and run with it. I think they're waiting for Alizé Mack to take it and run with it, and he yes. is not.
1: That would be the most accurate statement of camp. <laughs> like, I mean, I was watching today for the story we wrote, like I watched Campbell a lot and he, and this has, this has been the case the last couple of days out there. Um, He spent a fair amount of time with Mac, like, you know, just kind of pointer here, pointer there, like, you know, looking at him here, looking at, like, they really want it to work because he, I think it was today, right? He talked about him or maybe it was yesterday, whatever it was, Um, you know, Man, we really like that he can get open and then like he can run downfield some, but we need to see more of that because like the rest of it's not really and it's, like it's it's getting harder to see sort of what you're getting from him if you keep him because he just hasn't been able to put anything together consistently and that that would include the, you know the times where they've slotted him in there and used him with the first team. I mean like it's been shaky especially, you know, in pass pro and everything else. Like this team cannot afford to have leaks in pass protection you are you might as well punt on first down if you are <laughs> going to put a guy in the field that can't pass well, Yeah, I mean, you know what i mean like you can't have it so like i i think they like him a ton and i think campbell personally likes him a ton but like that's one that's going to be interesting like do you keep him knowing full well that it's a possible liability or do you like just try to bring another guy in here that you think can you know pass block better and? Maybe ask Fells to take whatever other load you know you do at tight end. I don't know. I mean, that'll be interesting for sure.
0: Yeah, and that's I mentioned the you know Boyle getting kind of clobbered. I'm trying to look back through my notes now, but there were one or two plays where they had Mac out on you know the outside linebacker in that three four, and I think it was yeah. maybe Julian Okora once, just and, shook, yeah, and uh, Austin Bryant once, and he did not have a chance out there, and no. Fells didn't have a very good day blocking either Tuesday, so I'll say that, but um. Yeah, I mean, I I don't know. It it comes down to really what you want. We mentioned uh, Charlie – I'm going to butcher this last name. Charlie (laughs) T. Charlie T. Charlie (laughs) Tomopio. (laughs) um, As a guy who could be like an H-back for him, I think he's been good as a blocker. He's been interesting as a receiver. Campbell sort of said he was the furthest away uh, from being NFL ready. So maybe they're thinking about stashing him. But, uh, you know, I don't know. Hunter Tedford has been all right. Brock Wright – I just don't know what any of these guys is giving you over maybe just going and getting a third block, another blocking. Well, that's what I was going to
1: say, because the, the answer here might just be like none of these guys, let's go find another, you know, like somebody else out there. If somebody else falls, but like, it seems to me that they brought, you know, Mac here to be the third tight end and he has not won the job. And they're kind of like, okay, like, we need to see more here, right? So, that might be the answer because, like, if if it's not anybody else, and if I know they like Charlie T, but it's like if he's not ready, and that's it was interesting to hear Campbell say that today, where he was like, he's probably the furthest one away. Although, you know, we're not going to give up on him because there are things there that, from the versatility standpoint, that you would really like to have. Yeah, but you know, I don't know. That's a tough one. Or maybe they would use, yeah, I don't know. That's that's a hard one to. I mean, I think that is a with. spot
0: where if you wanted to just go plug a veteran in there you could. I mean, I also think that's one where and I'm sure we're going to get to this as we get into the defense a little bit too and maybe the offensive line, but I think some of the decisions this year are do we want a you know, 10-year vet who we know is going to be okay on Sundays or do we want to see what we have in Alize Matt cuz he's got some upside. You know, I think that that's yeah. a conversation for this season. So Yes. Um, offensive line top 5 yeah. looking pretty good. And then, <laughs> God, the top five better stay healthy. I mean, that's it. They have to stay healthy the whole <gasps> year, basically.
1: We definitely said that. I mean, it was like, and that came through today. I don't know why it hit me like a ton of bricks. Because I think, like, Vita, and Vitae's not hurt, so don't anyone take this into the wrong, whatever. But, like, he, like... I think he, like, bent down to tie his shoe or something. And I was like, <laughs> yeah, is my right, tie yeah. hurt? He's hurt, yeah. And then I looked over there, and Sewell was, like, talking to him, and he just, like, stood back up, and they were walking away or whatever. And I was like, oh, it looks like he's fine. And then I just thought for a second. I'm like, well, that would be the whole season, just up in flames, because what would they do? Like, that's all I could think, because Crosby yeah. It'd be is Matt hurt.
0: Nelson, I think, would be your starting guard. Right. So and like, then you have the no interior, backup tackle.
1: <laughs> and this is what I wanted to say earlier when you're like, we'll touch on this later. Because we've said this a few times now, like, this is bad on the second team offensive line. And people will counter with, well, isn't it always bad? And your answer is yes, but this has, like, been extra bad. This has felt, like, special bad. And it's a problem. Like, I mean, Crosby is the one sort of – and I have a hard time with that because while he did have a, what I would call – Maybe promising to productive this year, last year. It's not like I would say Crosby is like this awesome force out there who is like doesn't need extra work. So he's hurt, and if he's not in the mix, like, who? Yeah, it gets tough because you're really hoping that the front five can kind of figure it out, uh, and we know that that's probably unlikely to impossible at this point. So, yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, I mean, you're just go, you're going to have injuries
0: out. at some point, yeah, and right. they're going to want to we- use. I mean, they're they're going to want to use an extra tackle here and there. And like I said, I think Nelson and Crosby, if they're both healthy, I think you're fine at tackle. Like, either of those guys can step yeah. in and start a game for you. Maybe you're fine at guard. I, I would say they're probably the best, <laughs> they're best guards at this point just by, like, raw athletic ability. <laughs> but right. I, I don't know who else is even... On the roster, I don't know who the backup center would be. Uh, maybe it's Jonah Jackson and you're just moving pieces around. But, like, I, you know, they, we've talked about Stenberg a lot in our posts. I, mm. he had one rep, like mm. maybe the upset of camp where he tossed Trey Flowers, I think, in one on Tuesday. Uh, but he's been a mess and they brought in, <laughs> yeah, right. they brought in Evan Baim to play center and then we were watching today like there was a run play mcneil ali mcneil just grabbed him by the shoulder pads and threw him like he weighed like 180 yeah (laughs) and that so that's maybe your backup center this is a spot where i think you almost have to go get somebody who can play yeah (laughs) uh, once teams start cutting guys because
1: that's the one where i think you do have to wait though right like that's Probably. the one where I think you're just going to have to wait. like because And maybe that's the answer. Maybe not. I don't know. Maybe they have more faith in one of these guys than we do. But Stenberg clearly, like, we talk about confidence. Like, he doesn't have any. Like, he had a rep today that was just like, he didn't even look like he knew where he was. I mean, it was like he got turned around and yeah. it was just a mess. I mean, he just does not look like a confident player right now who's in a good place. And it's hard to see him being somewhere where they'd be confident in him being able to go in and play. I mean, like, I I don't think that they would be. And, like, there's only one spot, really, they could use him because he's not really versatile at all. So uh, he's the guy you drafted, uh, not this staff, but the previous one. And so he's not really going to pan out. At least it doesn't feel like it right now. So, yeah, I think you just have to wait and see and sort of, like, maybe some of the new guys they just signed can kind of pick up and and hold on here once they get their feet under them. And maybe that's something to look at as the kind of weeks go by here. Uh, Maybe some of these guys look a little better in the preseason, who knows? Um, So we'll see maybe what that looks like, but that might be one where you just have to stick it out and wait. Maybe that's for the best. I don't know. All
0: right. So defensive line um, mentioned McNeil has been great at, Nose Green, tackle. Yeah. Uh, we haven't really seen Brockers do much in team drills, whether it's a veteran day or whether he's got something nagging and they're just sort mm-hmm. of playing it off as a veteran day. But we assume he's going to be in the starting lineup. I'm going to group Romeo Aquora and Trey Flowers in here because they're going to play hand yeah. in the dirt quite a bit. Yep. Um, so you got four that you can feel pretty good about, I think, heading into the regular season. If Deshaun hands healthy, which is always a big if, and he left practice Tuesday, um, he's yeah. been playing really well. Todd Walsh, the D-line coach, mentioned Nick Williams as a leader in that locker room. Uh, For better or worse, I guess, take that however you want. Um, (laughs) I don't know. I mean, Levi, we're still waiting to see Yonzerike. He hasn't done much of anything. He's been banged up for a while now. Uh, Deshaun Cornell's been pretty good, I think. I mean, I don't know. What's your read on where they're at here? This feels like there is a spot where there could be
1: quite a bit of
0: depth. Uh, it's like maybe a, weird, a pretty versatile group but they they need to start getting some guys back here
1: well right because they could also be like oh my god they're super thin and there's nobody <laughs> nobody here because if hand uh yeah that was the one maybe we're overthinking that one and it's not that big of a deal hopefully for his sake because we just talked to him uh yesterday and he was talking about how excited he was to finally be healthy and really it has shown that's what I was gonna say like he has really had. I mean, no joke and no hype or whatever. I mean, he's really had a good camp. I mean, he's mm-hmm. been all over the place. Um, you know, we talked to him a little bit about how he's gotten the weight back on, but also he mentioned yeah, – Speaking of a, speaking oh, of Matt oh,
0: Patricia. God.
1: So he had Hand playing at 270 and Devai playing at 270 oh, Unbelievable. So anyway, but Hand did say, you know, like they've been asking him to do more with his technique, like look for the ball more, you know, Lead in to being more of a playmaker because that's what, you know, that's what he is. I think that that's what he can be. And, and I think his point earlier this week was like that he maybe took that too far and tried to be more of a playmaker who forgot how to defend the run. So if he's healthy, I think that I'd be willing to buy that Deshaun hand could be a pretty good player for you. If he's healthy because, and motivated and ready to go and like, you know, in a positive headspace and all that, because we know what he is as an athlete. I mean, he is a legit Nathan hands a first round pick athlete if he if he would have had the type of career at Alabama that people thought. So you're 100% right that this defensive line is in a weird place because I would also lump like Julian O'Quarter into this conversation of a guy who could turn a corner and be like really kind of a cool player for you, but he could also be a guy who just doesn't do anything in year 2 and just is like he's just not ready to do anything yet. And Levi same thing. Like it's a weird group still, and I don't know how many answers we have other than Aline McNeil is really good.
0: Yeah, which is something. I mean, yes. that is something, especially if it's not you're nothing. talking yeah. about like being better at getting in the backfield and creating some pressure. Like McNeil, Brockers, and then Romeo Cora, Trey Flowers playing on the edge, you can do some things. It doesn't really matter who that fifth guy is up there. Just throw anyone competent right up there, and you can make some things happen. But yeah, I mean, Anzarike not being able to be out there is has to be yeah, frustrating. Uh, I think
1: it's probably – I'm interested to see how long they go with that one before they're like, hey, man, <laughs> like, we need you to get out here and start going. Like, I know you don't want to rush some of this stuff, but it's been stop and start with him. Like, we yeah. saw they took their time with Derek Barnes on the hamstring and and not to skip ahead or whatever, but, like, he's back out there today and Levi wasn't. So, I don't know. But, like, yeah, I mean, he's missing too much, it feels like. I mean, he's, he's, he's a guy that needed – Developmental time, I thought more than McNeil did coming in, and he's not getting any of it. So it's yeah, well, harder to see him playing.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, at the moment, you're down Brockers, Onzarike, Hand, and Nick Williams. And those are yeah. probably the four guys who are competing for the two starting spots. I mean, I think Brockers is locked in as a starter if he's healthy, but those are four guys who are competing for most of the reps. Jay Sean Cornell's been really good, and he's suspended for the first three weeks of the season, so you can't right. even count on him early. Now Pennacini's hurt, and so they're already kind right. of dropping like flies up front. They're just they're uh, you know Todd Wash made the comment they signed signed those couple guys like an hour before the oh, scrimmage right. on yeah. Saturday, and then threw them into the mix just to have some bodies. And um, so yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think it, it has a chance to be a really good unit, and McNeil. Uh, McNeil looks special. We were talking about this out at practice on Tuesday because, yeah, he's like kicking the crap out of guys like Dame (laughs) and, you know, Drake Jackson when he was in there, but he's also putting in some pretty good reps against Frank Ragnow and getting Ragnow like on his heels every once in a while and doing some stuff that is testing, you know, an all pro level center at this, at the NFL level. And so I think you got to feel good about that, if nothing else, that you have a guy in the middle who can be kind of disruptive and, and set things, set the table for you.
1: He knocked Ragnar over like on the first or second day of pass. <laughs> like he just like pulled him like on one of those days, and everybody was like, "What the hell was that?" Like it's been, <laughs> right. there's been yeah. a couple of those moments with McNeil yeah. for sure where he, he's just done something like uh, Wash admitted yesterday. Yeah, like and he's like, he's better than we thought he would be. So like, there's all these little things that we've seen from him from a run plugger who can, you know, two gap, like we thought he could, but also, and I think we kind of saw as we watched more of him too, like a guy that can get side to side and the guy that can, if you're going to try to outside zone him, he's going to be able to hang a little bit maybe and make some more problems for you than a normal nose tackle would. Or if you're going to try to move around on him, it's going to be hard. And, you know, maybe he's going to be able to get some one-on-one, you know, pass rush wins in there too. So, you know, they're in love with him, uh, no question about that, and that's been uh, he's been he's been fun to watch. He seems like a pretty good kid too. That they all uh, seem to like the dancing bear. Where, where are you uh, a fan of the dancing bear or uh, Twinkle Toes for uh, for lean? <laughs> I like Twinkle Toes. Uh, yeah, that's not bad. They're both, they're pretty, both good. pretty good, though. Yeah, right. uh,
0: <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I had a hand to like that. The yeah, you know, like you mentioned,
1: There's potential for sure,
0: but. But you brought up Alabama, and it was like, well, he never quite got there at Alabama. What we he thought didn't. it could be, and now he gets to the pros, and we're in year what four or five of. Well, yeah, he's never quite uh... been what we want to be, and obviously, like just hearing him talk about the scheme, like to have him playing two seventy and like one tech zero tech last year, right, makes no sense. This is much better for him to as an athletic two ninety like right. one gap guy. Hundred percent. Just wreck things. But I think. Th- are we gonna? What are the odds you get that consistently for the whole season?
1: I think that I'm willing to buy that injuries obviously have been a reason why he's you know struggled um, in the NFL. But I'm willing to buy that we haven't seen Dayshawn Hand be the guy that everybody thought he was going to be as much because no one knew what he was supposed to be or should be in terms of where is he going to play. When he came into college, it took a couple years for Saban to figure out what he wanted him to be. And so we changed him. He, I mean, Deshaun Hand was a defensive end who came out of high school that everybody wanted. He was the number one player in the country. Everybody wanted him. Um, I remember him because Brady Hope recruited him at Michigan. And, like, he was going to be a defensive end. Right, didn't Chris? Of course. You would know that they didn't <laughs> get him, right, the last second. But he was going to be a defensive end. He was, like, a guy that was going to play yeah. on the outside. Right. And everybody thought... You know, he was like 260 at the time um, and he goes to Alabama and and I think they tried that and eventually Saban decided, okay, well, we're going to move him inside, bulk him up because his frame is ridiculous. As you, you know, you see standing next to him, how much weight he can hold and make it look good. Like I think somebody was like, well, you're making 290 look pretty good there because he does. And so, yeah, I 100% agree. I feel like it's been this weird thing where it took him a couple years to get to where he needed to go in college. And then he gets the NFL and gets his coach who then turns, I don't know what the hell they were doing with him. And so now it's back <laughs> to this. And I'm kind of like, well, you know, there are also things beyond his control here that are also maybe getting in the way. So if he can stay healthy, he seems to be in a good place mentally. Like I'm willing to buy that Deshaun Hand could be a guy that surprises people this year. Like he could be a guy that maybe turns a corner. I don't know. I'm willing to entertain that it's possible a lot more today than I was six weeks ago. I'll say that for sure. Yeah.
0: And again, I think they just mostly need to get guys back there. Um, yeah. And line, if he's
1: hurt, of course, yeah, that changes everything. Of course. So
0: linebacker, I, I think we know Anzalone and Collins are going to start. It looks like Anzalone is going to be like their dime linebacker. He's going to be the guy that's out there and pretty much <laughs> all passing sets. Um, Barnes, you mentioned he's today was his first day in pads. In a while, uh, maybe all ever. camp. I don't I think, think he's have, ever. I don't think I think it's his nope. first day in pads in camp. This uh, was his first day. Yeah. And uh, you know, so obviously there's there's some things they need to work out there. Sean D and Hamilton's been all right. Jalen Rees maybe just came back. I mean, this is another spot where you got your top two. Jamie Collins I think looks fairly engaged. Alex Anzalone's been pretty decent in coverage, but I don't know what happens beyond those two. I think they like Sean D and Hamilton quite a bit. I don't know what what do you feel about this position?
1: Uh yeah, it's a challenge. It's like been hard to read because there's like cause Barnes not being healthy um really is complicated. Because it seems like to me that they wanted that they wanted Barnes getting like a ton of reps with Collins and or Anzalone or, you know, one of the two, right? Like it seemed like they wanted him to get a bunch earlier or they were excited for him or whatever, and maybe they thought he was more ready. I don't know, but like Even when he wasn't in pads, like, you know, I'd noticed on the days that like Brockers um, was not in pads and he would take part in install uh, and he would always take part with the first team. Like Barnes was getting a lot of first team install, you know, stand there, mental rep type stuff. So I've wondered if like he's stunted a lot of this, Um, but also like there's been some guys that have shown up that they've maybe been surprised by and liked, right? Like guys that they maybe thought they liked, like, Sean Deon Hamilton, who it seems like he's going to stick in there. I know they like Devontae Beckett. I don't know if he's going to find his way on the roster, but, you know, we saw Reeves Maven get back out there. He's obviously going to be on a lot of special teams, and he's probably going to be a guy that makes the team. But, like, it's the same sort of questions that we've had. Like, are you going to be fast enough? Are you going to be deep enough? Like, because if Anzalone gets hurt, then what? It's, like, the same thing. And um way more questions still than answers. I mean, that's Barnes is complicated a lot. Like, he was the guy that I kind of was – Maybe more than anybody, really, as a rookie. Maybe even more than Sewell. That it was like I really want to see what he looks like because if he looks advanced, that changes an awful lot for them defensively. And you know, so far we just haven't seen anything, so it's hard to say you know where he is.
0: Yeah, and it, I mean, this is one too where it's Anzalone's new, Deion Hamilton's new, Barnes is new, but a lot of these. Are guys that we know of, you know, (laughs) and Collins. uh, I think we've seen what he can and can't do. The leaner, meaner Jelani Tavai still looks pretty much the same to me, but you know, maybe they like him. I mean, Anthony Pittman, I think, has been interesting. Pittman is the guy uh, playing inside. Um, I do think Hamilton's been pretty good, but yeah, I mean, this is another one. I think you're right. Like, Anceloni's probably a bigger key to all of this than you would like for a guy who struggled with injuries. Um, yep. but I don't I know I mean that, I
1: think, do you agree with me I think, do you think that that was the goal here is to get like Barnes to a point where maybe he can take like Collins's job eventually or Anzalone's one of their jobs like I mean that's what it seems like yeah, the plan right. is I mean I, you're just like I, you know I don't know
0: I think the way that they have used him and used Collins so far that looks like the mm-hmm. natural fit like yeah. I don't know that he's going to be the coverage guy in the middle of the defense so I think you want him attacking I think you know Collins yeah, that's, is fair. that's fair playing some off the edge and he's blitzing the a gap like yeah. I think you want right. Barnes doing that so um but yeah I mean yeah. again you got to get him out there and see what he can do and and I don't know that the, like Jalen Reeves may been looks it's been two days and he looks like maybe the direct backup to Anceloni if you mm-hmm. need one so no, I mean um, he probably
1: is yeah I mean at this point
0: so I don't know if that's great either no, uh, probably I, not I, um i don't know i mean I, again this is there's a lot of stuff to kind of sort through it's, there and i think with the edge group too like is charles harris going to make this team on the edge like, right is austin bryant going to help you i don't know I, there's so many questions i feel like we're not giving people any answers here but there's but just it's so also much the same unsettled. thing
1: now and you have to keep this in mind too like the the front and the linebackers are really tied here with a lot of what they're going to ask them to do like the front has to be able to you know, Hand and McNeil and Brockers, you know, all these guys inside need to be able to keep people off, keep people clean, and and you know, kill gaps so these guys can run. And if you can pull that off, then these guys might surprise you. And that's why you know you kind of wonder, well, maybe if Derek Barnes can get out there and just be a sea ball, hit ball guy, maybe you can use him and he can be a you know, an asset for you at some in some capacity. But it's just hard to see. Like I want to say that they're faster in the middle, but I don't know it. I don't know that they are because I we just have not seen it really. We haven't seen it healthy or at full tilt yet. Because when we look at last year and the previous year, all we think is, "My God, how slow could you be?" You need to get faster, and you know we're we're looking for that. But it's been hard to sort of see it all, you know, kind of at once yet.
0: Anzalone's been the only guy who's really been able to hang with Hawkins, right? I will give him that. Um, I don't think yeah. you want Jamie Collins doing that I don't no. see anyone else having the size speed combo to be able to do that so that's interesting that's at least one but yeah I mean Barnes need that. like Barnes is kind of a wild card here because he either is just get falls too far behind and really struggles to pick up the scheme and the mental side of this or he's a guy that is a, a weapon no one's seen yeah, in the NFL before right. <laughs> you're rolling him out there and and getting into some favorable spots and just letting him attack and you know he can do that. So I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think that that's a a big one for them. Um Cornerback, a mess there as well. Too. Oh, I mean Okuda. Let's just we're already All right, Okuda, getting close yeah. to an hour, but let's hit Okuda. Yeah, let's hit Okuda here first because there's been a lot of promising signs from Okuda. He seems like he's in a better place. He seems like he's seeing yeah, the game I agree. a lot clearer. But you're also in a spot where he, right now, has to be your number one corner. Oh. And Amani Orowarie has to be your number God. two corner. And there aren't really
1: any other options. No, and like the total ideal scenario would be that Okuda would be your two, and Ori would be your three, and you're bumping everyone up. And it's just like, here we go again, I guess, uh, on this one. The uh, same thing that you, you went through last year. But no, to your point about Okuda... Um, I am super curious to see how Friday goes. I'll say that. Like, I really want to see how he looks against somebody else because we've just talked about these receivers. But um, you can tell the impact mentally that Aaron Glenn has had on him, I think. And, And it's not just, you know, a lot of people have talked about, you know, he's being more vocal, which, you know, shows a sign of maybe he's more confident and all this stuff, too. And that's, you know, totally fine. That's a fair point. But we've definitely seen there There have been stretches in coverage where he's mirrored a couple routes that he knew what they were, you know, almost from the jump that we never saw that last year. Like there's been a I saw one the other day against uh, Raymond where he walled him off and just completely took him away in a way that not a lot of guys out here, as we've said, have been able to do. I mean, Raymond's been been pretty good in camp, so um, he is playing a lot smarter and he's playing a lot more under control and he just looks athletically to me like Jeff Okuda at Ohio State he looks like the guy that could glide um you know that's what i remember seeing however um there are still inconsistencies and there are still issues and there are still times where he's getting beat because he's a second year player who has no <laughs> no real confidence yet and he's still trying to find it and you're asking him chris like you said to be your Number one quarter, and it's not going to get any easier from here, right? I mean, this is a complicated situation, to be sure.
0: Yeah, I mean, I agree. I think it's going to be really interesting. Um, I think yes. you know, it almost <laughs> might, you know, the, it might not be the worst thing to see him struggle a little bit and just see how he responds and make sure he doesn't shut down. Yeah, uh, right, yeah. Mm-hmm. But Oral Warrior, too. I mean, they definitely like Ouro Warrior, but he's a guy who's, I, I mean, he's going to get beat deep. That's, it's yeah. going to happen. And like yes. he, it's he's just going to give up a play here and there. Maybe makes a couple for you, get some picks, and you kind of hope the good outweighs the bad. But I do think, you know, it's kind of being glossed over a little bit, but uh, we don't know what's going on with Quentin Dunbar. It's been a week out now with a, Dan Campbell said it's a personal issue. He's been in touch with, Dunbar's yep. been in touch with the team. The Lions are thinking of him. So we don't know when he's coming back. But we can say that Aaron Glenn was pretty excited to have Quentin Dunbar come in there. And I he think was. that they saw him as a guy who probably could step in and play some one for them. Certainly could teach Okuda some stuff on the outside. And now you take him away and you've not only lost maybe your early number one receiver, but they just don't have, like, who is Okuda leaning on to learn things at that position right now?
1: Uh, Garen Glenn, I guess Right, but that's, <laughs> and it. that's it. I <laughs> and mean, it you don't have a veteran it. in there. That's, yeah, that's going it. like, you and have Mike Ford trying to maybe, yeah. f-
0: maybe Roby and Coleman not, now comes in, but yeah. it's a young group without Quinn Dunbar in there.
1: Yeah. And it's, and, and that's why I think they made the move they made today. Obviously, like we've talked about is to get in Campbell said that this morning to get a veteran presence, you know, in the room, um, more than that's already there, which is nothing. Uh, you know what all speak yeah, of. So right, like that, yeah. you know, like that that's been the whole thing. It's like Okuda is still in this like really critical stage developmentally, because no matter how mad you want to be about who you thought they should have taken or whatever, like COVID happened last year and it complicated every single rookie's rookie season. And it sort of not sort of, it did. It like, you know, hijacked a lot of people's rookie seasons. I mean it, you know, Injuries happened faster because guys weren't as in good a shape and you didn't have time to plan and all this. Some guys made it work. Some guys didn't. It was a weird year. He's still in a really critical stage. He's not a rookie anymore, but in a lot of ways, like some of these second year guys, it almost feels like they are because you don't. This is the first time Jeff Okuda has gone through training camp, a real one, you know, like this. So a lot of this stuff is still kind of like newer to some of these guys and it's hard It's probably hard, yeah, to look out there and be like, well, our entire secondary is 21 years old and doesn't know, you know, doesn't have any to, you know. So I still think we're going to talk about it in a second, but I still think they got to do the same thing with the safeties. You need another veteran back there. I mean, and it's the same as corner. I mean, they need to, to find more calming voices. I think it's probably the point I would try to make is guys that can calm people down. Because like you said earlier, what are we going to see from Okuda the next, when he does get beat in one of these games? Are we going to see a return of the guy who used couldn't play after a while last year, or are we going to see something different? And that's, you know, we have to see that, you know, at some point here pretty quickly.
0: Yeah. And I really don't even know. I mean, I think Malafanu has some certainly some upside and, and maybe some positional flexibility. He's not ready. Jerry Jacobs, I think has been good, but are you going to put him out there as your number two if Oro warrior struggles? Like, I don't know that you're there with him yet either. So um, yeah, let's close on the safeties. We can skip, they just signed a kicker as we were talking. Oh boy. And got rid of Matthew Wright, Zane <laughs> Gonzalez coming in. So we'll, we'll see how that Zane goes. Win uh, the job. Yeah. Um, but let's finish with safety. They Tracy Walker, uh, another guy we've heard a lot about. The yeah, you know happier <laughs> Tracy yep. Walker. They like Will Harris's progress quite a bit. He's been planted with the ones. Dean Marlowe we know can be a three uh, yep. at that position. He was really good in that role in Buffalo, and again. You get to that point. That's it. I don't know. CJ Moore, I guess, had like 40 tackles in the scrimmage. Uh, So, again, I I don't know. I mean, I think you're counting on, A, that the depth to kind of materialize, and, B, that Walker and Harris are going to really work in this new scheme.
1: Yeah, they're putting a lot on Will Harris um, right now. Uh, And I know that we talk about him a lot, but, I mean, like, they're putting a lot on him to turn a corner – in a way that, you know, they don't have to hope, I guess, because the way the roster shakes out that to buy, they didn't need necessarily, I guess, if you want to look at it that way, to buy to kind of answer a bell here in a way that they seem to need now Will Harris too, because unless they bring somebody else in here, you know, after cuts or something, it, he's the guy. So all the things we've seen from him, you know, in game in previous years. Uh, are still there, uh, and really, you know, I mean, we saw them, and we've seen that he struggled. I don't know if I would go as far as saying that I've seen a bunch of stuff from Will Harris that makes me believe he's in a super better place. But I mean, I, I'd be willing to buy it more than I would, I guess, with Tavai because I think Harris is a better athlete and just maybe has a better chance to, to make it click. Um, but man, there's just. Even with Walker, and we've seen, you know, he has been super engaged, right? Like, he, we've seen him spending a ton of time with Aaron Glenn. I've seen him talking with him on the side just a ton. We've seen him come over to the big screen and, change, you know, look at plays over and over again a bunch of times. So he seems to be super into it, which is a great thing for him and, and the Lions because he's a talented player. Not as worried about him necessarily, but, you know, Harris, I just, I have no confidence there because we haven't seen anything.
0: I do think Will Harris is playing I mean, it's another guy who seems like he's playing faster than he has and seems like he's not thinking that's as much. Like I that's think that that's that been the biggest thing that you've noticed with this Aaron Glenn defense and when you hear players talk about it is that it's not you need to get to this exact point at this exact moment, here's where your hands need to be, here's where your feet need to be. Mm-hmm. It's just here's what we've learned. What are you seeing in front of you? React to it. Right and go make a play. and I think that that you know again I don't know that that's necessarily going to be better like I don't know this is going to be a top 10 defense in the next two or three years but I think that there's at least with uh, some of these guys and especially some of these younger guys it gives them a chance to just kind of strip it all down and just trust their natural ability and their instincts and all these things and so there's an opportunity there and and uh if you can play him right play Harris right in kind of those split safety looks and maybe yeah. let him come down every once in a while, like I think there's a chance that it, it works. I have been surprised that there hasn't been any movement at all off the Walker Harris combo. We haven't seen Dean Marlowe up there at all, really. Nope, nope. And I kept wait I keep waiting for it and waiting for it. It hasn't really happened. So it seems like this is what they're gonna go with. And yeah, I mean, if it doesn't work. I think they're
1: trying to. I think they're trying to push confidence into Harris too. I yeah, mean, to that's degree. probably I think true. They're, I think they're trying to push as much into him right now as like we really need it, man. Because like, if he, it doesn't work, like my read on this a little bit has been maybe Holmes thinks is very confident, I mean, because the Rams did such a good job at finding safeties in the draft, like maybe Holmes is like, I'm going to find somebody. Like, I don't, you know, I'm not going. to... I wasn't going to spend a big pick. This year on one, I'm not too worried about it. We'll find somebody later and just deal with it, you know, as we go. Maybe that's his plan. I don't know. But, like, as it goes right now, like, in the here and moment, you know, they need Will Harris to be pretty good. And to your point earlier, which was a good one, you know, so much about, you know, what Aaron Glenn wants to do defensively is going to be about just kind of playing in structure and understanding where you are and understanding where the people around you are. More Mm -hmm. than it will be you know, we're going to hybrid off this or check that or change this or tweak that or whatever. It'll just be, you know, it's not like they're not going to run anything. I mean, they'll have, you know, the same calls everybody else has, but it's going to be more about, you know, make your drop, play your spot, do your job and we'll all get the hell out of here. Like that's kind of what they're trying to do. I mean, and that's, <laughs> right, yeah. that's defense in 2021. Like I don't give a shit what anybody says about, we need to dictate pace. and No, it's, <laughs> get to your spot, do your job. We'll all get the hell out of here, and you know right. nobody'll yell at us. That's defense all the way.
0: Right? Yeah. I, and I, I don't know. I mean, I am really curious to see how it looks with Will Harris and how well he plays. Another guy when getting into the game, and and maybe one play doesn't go your way. How is he going to respond to that? Because we've seen we've seen him spiral before, and Tracy oh, Walker yeah. too. You give up one, and then you're going to yep. give up four or five 100%. because you can't erase it. And I think. That's across the board in that secondary. I mean, you're talking about a starting secondary of Okuda, Orowarrier, Walker, and Harris, and Walker is the senior guy there by yeah. like two years. So uh that is either that's either great because you're developing a bunch of young guys for the future, or it's terrible because you know, you're forcing guys in that aren't ready. So I guess we're gonna find out because there aren't a lot of other options. The last thing I'll say is just I think you bring up a good point on Holmes. And you and I talked about this Saturday or Monday or whenever. I don't know. It's mm-hmm. all, all the days are running together. <laughs> yeah, but,
1: it's all the same. <laughs> um,
0: I think the big, a big difference, and we can get into this more as they get into cuts, but uh, a big difference so far has been that they, are, they seem more willing to let things play out a little bit and just see yes. how it yeah, goes. Like give guys some time and not – Oh, well, you had one bad practice. We got to get, we got to bring someone yeah. else in. I think. And I think yep. that that's what we've seen. Like they, uh, Harris has gotten four months now <laughs> of playing with mm-hmm. the ones. And yeah. so if you get to the regular season and suddenly it's fallen apart for him and it looks terrible, then you could say, all right, well, we gave this the whole off season program. We gave him a few starts and it's not working. We got to try something else. And that's different from where they were. In the previous team, when they were just churning the roster every single day, there was a new transaction there. And I say that, (laughs) like I said, they just signed a kicker because one of their their kickers have been terrible. But I think by and large, they're giving guys time to feel the system out, to get comfortable, and to see what they can do. And then if it doesn't work, they figure out what the next step is. But I don't think that there's this constant pressure of like, if you have a bad day, you're gone.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's really easy to get lost in you know, what it looked like at the end. Um, and obviously the immediacy or like the the rapid and desperation that they had at the end was cranked up, Patricia and Quinn. But it's important to remember, like Chris is saying here, like they, they turned that roster like immediately and it never stopped. It was just this constant like overflow of guys coming in for reasons that you're like, what is why is this person coming in here? What is this person coming in here for? And it would just be over and over and over and over and over. And it was just like they're just reacting. Like, they're just constantly like, I mean, to your point, like something would happen in a game uh, once and it would be just like unforgivable. And it would never be, you know, we got to get rid of this guy. We got to move on. This isn't what we thought it would be. We have to move on from him right now. We can't wait. And like, that's not football. (laughs) Like, that's just like not how anything works in the real world. It's not Madden. You know what I mean? So like, In a lot of ways, when we look at it this way, it makes a lot more sense. But it's also been interesting to see, or it will be interesting to see, is how long you ride that out. Because, like, we're going to have to see how some of these guys, like you mentioned, you know, we've seen what Will Harris looks like when he goes off the deep end and Tracy Walker. Well, now you have coaches and Aaron Glenn and Aubrey Pleasant who have been there and can help ride, you know, help you ride through those situations. And if you don't respond on the other side, there's no one else to point to at, like, Whose fault was this? So um it's going to be really interesting to see how some of these guys roll with the punches, to be sure. Like, you mentioned that with Okuda, but you could say that with all the guys in the secondary, really, and on defense in general. Like, a lot of these young guys, you know, that looked back to last year as, like, it was miserable, and I hated it. Well, that's great, and that's fair. But now, like, a lot of those excuses, especially on defense, are kind of going away here because this staff is pretty good. I mean, like, from what we've seen so far. So it's it's hard to say that they're going to have – you know, be let down there. So I think that they're going to be in good hands and it'll be up to them to kind of hold their end up when it comes time to do it.
0: All right. Well, there you got it. We didn't record for a month, but you got an extra 10 minutes today. How so about no. it? <laughs> Probably doesn't make go. up for it, but, uh, yeah. <laughs> but as mentioned, we will be on the athletic app soon. We'll let everyone know on Twitter and on here when that is available. So you can just get in there and listen. Um, and as we said at the top too, this is, uh we'll be on every Tuesday now for the rest of the season so um gives us a little time to decompress after the Sunday games and travel when we need to travel yep. and, and all that and then get ready for the next week too so kind of a natural uh break in everything on that Tuesday and so we'll be recording then like we did all last year um on Tuesdays you can look for us every week now moving forward between now and at least the end of the season and then yeah I don't want to promised things too far ahead so we'll stop there but between now and the end of the season we'll be every Tuesday so make sure you come back and rate us review us uh try not to rate us too harshly for missing three weeks um subscribe and look for us on the athletic app soon because we'll be on there and looking forward to preseason action here Absolutely. I guess are you excited yeah, about the pre-season? Yeah, I mean
1: I'm excited to see how how a lot of these guys and this is like we've talked about this all year but uh excited to see how a lot of these guys kind of like react individually as they kind of go on their paths here. Cause there's just like so many guys on this team right now that are like on this really interesting track on, you know, they're all on different points of it, I guess. But yeah, I'm interested to see how a lot of these guys kind of respond to, you know, running around in a crowd with somebody else. So we'll see Mitchell, how it goes. Trubisky
0: coming uh, back. He's
1: coming back to his coming favorite to stadium. Field. <laughs> <laughs> so how about oh, that? man gonna get three quarters of big bitch on on friday night uh maybe more yeah anyway all
0: right well we'll talk about that uh next tuesday the lions have their first set of cuts they have to be down to 85 on monday i believe so we'll see who uh gets the boot there and then two more rounds of cuts after that before the regular season so we'll get into all that next tuesday talk about the uh, second preseason game against the Steelers and, and everything else so thanks for listening for Nick I'm Chris and we'll talk to you soon